Welcome to Just Between Us, a podcast powered by the Corey Johnson Program for Post-Traumatic Healing in Boston. Every week, we focus on ways to heal from the devastating impact of collective trauma on our world. Every once in a while, we have subjects and guests who shouldn't be limited. They are too special. Today is one of those days. Shandell Davis is the Community Trauma Healing Specialist for CJP. This is her second visit with us. This time, we want to talk with Shandell about vaccine hesitancy, how to support people who have not taken the vaccine. Right now, we believe that it is about 60% of the Black population in Roxbury. My name is Reverend Liz Walker. My name is Judell Cummins. Shandell, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you. It's you. great to be here. <laughs> Absolutely. So tell us about your hesitancy in taking the vaccine in the first place. What what held you back? Um, I think for me, the he- hesitancy was the fact that <clears throat> there was so much different feedback. You know, you was hearing this story, that story. Um, and I think that just really started to confuse me some. What were your initial feelings? So that was confusing. But were, were you were you feeling that... I just can't take this, or were you just thinking I need more information? I was feeling I needed more information. I needed more time. So let's talk about this change for you, because this is, I mean, we're at a point in this community, to me, it is shocking that we're still at 60% of the black population in Boston does not want, is not taking the vaccine. We are trying to get to herd immunity. It, It seems impossible with these numbers. Maybe I'm I'm, I'm, I'm wrong, but what changed your mind? What began to have make you see it differently? It took a lot. The first um, scenario for me was my daughter was in, in school and she called me. She was like, I'm getting my vaccine. And I remember, you know, getting this anxiety, like you're getting the vaccine, like you didn't ask me. When she got the vaccine, I remember being really upset that night, nervous. She called me. She's like, mommy, I'm fine. We're back. And then she went for the second vaccine about Three weeks after the second vaccine, she has a friend who had contracted COVID. And I remember being like starting to freak out and like, oh my God, you know, she's miles away. What am I going to do? And I remember her calling me back, being so calm, saying, mommy, I talked to the CDC. I talked to the school. I'm fine. I'm vaccinated. It's been three weeks. And so when she told me that, it just really took uh, a load off of my chest. You must have been so proud of her. (laughs) I really was. At the same time, I was... And once again, she's so far away. Like I was nervous, but, but I that was she had taken the initiative and yes. she was, yes. she was giving you back the best that you had given to her. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And taking on that leadership. So even when you made your mind up, right, that you said, okay, I'm going to get the shot. It wasn't easy, right? I <laughs> made <laughs> approximately nine different appointments. Wow. And every time <laughs> I made the appointment. I would go into this trance. It was like, I would make the appointment, like I'm gonna do this. And then it was like that night, you know, before or whatever the time period was, I felt myself like a mental mess. And then I started to have like body symptoms, like, oh, my stomach was hurting. It would be something, like it would just come out of the blue. And I'd be like, why? You know, then, then when the next day came, the time of the vaccine, I would be very anxious. And then after the time had passed, I would make up a reason like, you know, you don't have to do it today. You can wait, you know, just the self-talk. And then after the time had passed, I would feel like this relief over my body. But then that nighttime when I would go to bed or somebody would cough around me or you go do this, 
and you'd be like, oh, you know what? You could have been vaccinated. You wouldn't have to worry so much about mm. this. Did you seek counseling around this? I thought you stopped, <clears throat> you talked to some professional people who kind of helped you. So I kept reaching out to the nurses at the hospital and they were saying, you know, Shondell, this is normal, you know, telling me places I could go. You know, the same talk that everybody was saying, you know, it really got to the point that, you know, I have a little one that goes to school and I felt like I wasn't letting him live because I was afraid that he was gonna bring mm -hmm. it back to me. Um, it becomes an eternal battle. Like you're fighting with yourself to do something. You don't know what the reaction is gonna be. You don't know until you get it and you truly can't listen to everybody else's story. So I remember going to my appointment um, to see the therapist and I went in the bathroom and I just bawled. And I went, and I came out to her, I said, you know what, I can't do this anymore. Cause I keep making appointments and I'm staying up all night. Then I have this anxiety. Like I feel the tear in my body. She said, would you mind coming to this area to get the vaccine? And I was like, no. She goes, you know what, Shonda, let's just book it. Let's book it, and I'm going to go with you. Mm. And she actually, after booked it, prepped me and saying, okay, let's vision us walking to Walgreens tomorrow. What, the, what is that going to look like? So even with that support in place, um, I woke up the next morning and I called Tufts again. I really want to go with the therapist to the location, but I had this fear. The location was a Walgreens pharmacy. It wasn't near my hospital. So if something did happen to me, all I thought about was time. So what I did was I got up the next morning and I called the nurses at um, Tufts Medical Center and I told her, and she was like, Shondo, just come down. Just come down to the clinic, just come down. We, you, we're gonna go with you, we're gonna support you. They were very warm, open, friendly. They took the time to explain to me, the nurse that gave me my injection, she knew she had to say things to me before the injection, but what she did was, you know what? If I don't give her this injection now, she's not gonna get it. She gave me an injection, then she talked to me afterwards. She said, I'm gonna stay here with you as long as you want me to stay here with you. She gave me water, she gave me crackers. She said, I'm serious. She said, if you wanna stay overnight, I'll stay overnight with you. Mm. You know, it was just the, the empathy, it was the, the I wanna say the professionalism in recognizing that this woman is stuck. And that's what I felt like. I felt like I was stuck. So just to do a quick backtrack, mm. you've had traumatic experiences in the healthcare professional or in the healthcare profession, or are you talking about the trauma, obviously the horrible trauma of, of losing, or is it all of that that I impacts think it's, you? I think it's the trauma from the murder of my son. Um, and, you know, we, we think that we move on and that everything's fine, but there's still a part that's stuck in our body. And I'm learning a lot about my body and how trauma is, is really stuck there, you know? So. The willingness that people had to really kind of give you extra help mm -hmm. is tremendous. I, I don't know <laughs> if that help, if that is offered to everybody. Would that make a difference if people were that em empathetic, that empathic, that, you know, compassionate to everybody? It would seem that would change everything. It's, it definitely makes a difference. And I don't want to rule out, there were some things that people were saying to me that, um, that, you know, oh, I'll go with you or I'll keep the baby. You know, they were trying their best, but mm. honestly, that just made it harder for me. Okay, if you're gonna come here and take the baby, you're making me scared, so why do you need to come with me? Why do you need to take the baby? So I think they were trying to be helpful, mm. but it hurt. <laughs> it really hurt. How did your experience change the way you talk to your friends about getting the vaccine? And So I don't encourage anybody. I think it's up to you. I think that 
You need to outweigh or weigh things for you, for your life. Like, are you around people a lot? If you're not, what's your age? Do you have medical conditions? Those are all factors, you know, that you want to keep safe. The one thing that I do is don't listen to the TV and don't listen to people. Just go outside and look around and see the difference from where we were last year. Like, be, it's like being real, a realistic part of it. I don't have any conversations with people around a vaccine. I don't ask them. Um, but if somebody came to me and said, Shonda, I'm feeling this way, I would have a conversation with them, you know, to take your time, you know, let them know that I'm there to support them, you know. Um, sometimes even saying the word vaccine can be a trigger, believe it or not. So let them come to you, you know, and the people in our community are not getting this vaccine because they don't want to be well. They're scared and they don't want to mm -hmm. say they're scared. And it is scary, mm -hmm. you know. For those of us who feel that we have to say something, because you're saying I'm not going to try to encourage people, and I agree with you. I don't think it's my job to tell you what to do. But I am concerned because with the next variant of this, uh, uh, this disease that will come this winter, they think it's going to be worse. Now, I don't know that for sure, but I do know from what I've read that this is not going away. What, what's your advice to those of us who are trying to help our community understand that we're the ones who are, who are not being vaccinated and we're the ones who are dying? And those are facts. I'm not trying to scare people. That's just a fact. What, what would you tell us to do? Not to, not to reach out or, or to reach <laughs> out softer? No. I, and I mean that sincerely. If anybody came to me and said, you know, this is what I want, or this is what I'm feeling, if they brought the conversation to me, I would definitely encourage, I would definitely support them. There's a special touch to this, a special walk with this. And you have to know, and the only way you're going to know is experience what I went through and how scary and how sad and how hard it was. So I would walk with that person, running around, you know, parading that I got the vaccine. Like I said, I'm still processing it. I'm still being very cautious. Um, and not because I don't believe it. I just feel like I went through such, um, I don't know what to call it, such episodes that my body is literally still processing what I went through. Well, I thank you so much because I think that just hearing your story will help other people. So yeah. I, I, I think you're giving us good advice not to push, not to uh, tell people what to do, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but maybe hearing your story will help somebody else. Uh, so thank you for being honest and, and being uh, candid with with us and that is it for this week's just between us this is a this is an important one because we're at a crucial point in uh this vaccine um distribution effort and uh we want people to hear our stories we hope you'll continue to join us for uh these conversations on uh, just between us we also want you to join us for our weekly zoom conversations called can we talk where people from all walks of, of, of life share their stories of loss, grief, hope, and healing. And uh, if you want to learn more about Can We Talk and the Corey Johnson program, visit our website at rpcsocialimpactctr.org. That's rpcsocialimpactctr.org. We have to keep talking about all of this. I think that is how we heal. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Be safe.